Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Madlet Musings. This is Jamie Jill Wright coming to you from Wisconsin. And I have today with me a repeat visitor who we enjoyed the last time, and I'm super happy to have her back. We have Melody Carlson. Hi, Melody. Hi there. I'm so glad that you came back. And this time you're bringing with you a Christmas novella, correct? That's right. Awesome. It seems a little early for Christmas, but yes, it is here. <laughs> Hey, you know what? They start showing Christmas shows in July on Hallmark. So I don't see why we can't talk about it now, right? <laughs> right. And I'm usually writing the Christmas novella in July. So oh, it's well, a year-round thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was in the kitchen doing dishes the other day. And you know how your decorations in your house just become so part of your home, you don't see them? And I looked up above my cupboards and realized the Christmas lights that have not been plugged in since Christmas are still up there. Well, that's handy. Now you just plug them in. I know. And I was getting a chair to take them down. I'm like, why? No, just leave them. So I left them. <laughs> Good. So we can all summon a little bit of Christmas today, but um, Melody, tell us a little bit about, for readers who are just joining and haven't read your books, a little bit about what you write, and then tell us a little bit about this novella that we get to read. Okay. Well, I write, it feels like a little bit of everything. Um, I, I'm probably one of the most prolific writers out there. So I have done everything from Christmas novellas to women's contemporary fiction, to teen fiction, to historicals, to even some suspense. So I mean, I haven't done sci-fi, but See, <laughs> most everything else. List. Next on yeah. your list, sci-fi. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, that's super fun. That's fun. Um, I love that you are that prolific because it definitely gives us lots of stories and backlists to look up and order and read. You put out a Christmas novella every year, don't you? Yes, uh, for more than 20 years. I've kind of lost count on it, but um, I think it's 20. I, I think I just did the 23rd one, but I, I need to go back and count. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about this one that's coming out or that is already out and available. Um, tell us a little bit about it so we understand. Right. It, it's called a, a Quilt for Christmas. Um, it's there's it kind of features four women that are in really different places in their lives. But it, it starts with Vera, who has been widowed and then her daughter enticed her to relocate into her daughter's town to be near the grandchildren and so Vera gives up her big old Victorian house that she used to decorate for Christmas and had neighbors and friends and a quilting club and all of that to move to this other town. And she moves into a condo, which she's not too excited about. And then her daughter and the husband and the children have to relocate across the country away. <laughs> and poor Vera is there now all alone and feeling a little bit blue and it's um, getting towards Christmas. And this, this, little girl knocks on her door, Fiona, who's a neighbor, and their family's having a little bit of trouble there from Ireland, and they're not really settled in, and the mom is 
really, really sick. And the little girl, Fiona, who's this precocious, adorable, smart, old soul, four-year-old, mm-hmm. um, asks, doesn't ask Vera, but I think she, she kind of drags Vera over there to help with her mom. So wow. that's kind of where we take off. Oh, I love that. That's such a, a thing at Christmas too, is that feeling of being needed and wanting to be around family. And then when you're not, that loneliness that comes with it. Right. And I, it's more common than we think. And it's always a good reminder to me when I'm writing something like this, as I think about some of my neighbors that, you know, I, I forget, you know, I need to reach out to them more during the holidays. So that's a good, that's a good thing. It it makes me think too. Do you think that we've lost um, that neighborly hospitality in today's society as far as the heart, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we moved into a community and we got you know, housewarming presents and baskets from the neighbors. And it doesn't seem to happen now, but maybe that's where I live. Well, I, I do think it's less common. And I think COVID just, you know, threw us way, I, I'm going to say backward, but maybe forward. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it took us into a different culture. And I think we have to relearn some of us how to get back into opening yeah. our homes and hearts. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. You're so right. Um, what experience have you had um, when you wrote this book? Um, a lot of times I know authors draw on personal experience. What experience have you had with reaching out to people who are alone and um, need that ministering hand? Well, we we have a an older, we have two older neighbors, that probably the only ones in our neighborhood that are kind of older and they're both widowed. And um, one of them actually lost her husband at Christmas time. So I do try to include her and then the other one um he very similar and i in fact I hadn't even thought about this part of it he moved to our little town with his wife and shortly after he moved here his wife got killed in the car wreck mm. and so he we're practically the only people that he really knows we've kind of got him involved with another set of neighbors but um yeah we we just try to be cognizant of you know what's going on with these two and and I wish they could get together because it's a widow and a widower, but they don't really seem to like each other that much. <laughs> oh, see, that sounds like a perfect premise for another novella. <laughs> I know, or real life. But, or real um, life, I love that. Yeah. Um, but they haven't really hit it off. Who knows, though? Well, you know, that happens, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, when you wrote this book, tell me a little bit about your thought process as far as incorporating faith into a Christmas story about reaching to those who are alone. Right. Well, I try to do it really gently in pretty much all my books. I mean, the only times I've been really overt about it are are probably my teen books where something really kind of horrific and life threatening is going on, you know, where I really will get, you know, right out there and and talk about faith. But in my um, other books and Christmas novellas, I, I try to write between the lines, but I try to have a really strong thread of grace. Mm-hmm. And in this in this book, we've got um, four women that are all in these different places, but one of them is she is just so obnoxious, and um, she's a widow. And what we don't know is she's also lost a child, mm-hmm. and she's got a lot of just pent in heartache, and she's been like a a counselor psychiatrist but it's kind of like you know the the shoemaker's children go barefoot and in her yep. mm-hmm. yeah in her case she's and, and her <laughs> son she's kind of trapped him and so anyway it there's just this really sweet turn of grace involving the little four-year-old fiona 
Mm-hmm. And just some really cool things happened towards the end of it with this one woman. I don't want to give it all away, but no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on children and older people. Cause I remember when I was a kid, I would sit on my grandma's lap at church and she always seemed to beam with pride, you know, and you see that with little kids at church, when they go up to an elderly person that they don't necessarily even know there's something, something different about a child and a person who's aged. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I love that. And you're actually kind of describing my childhood too. Uh, My grandma didn't go to church, but um, I spent a lot of time with her and and in her home. Uh, My mom was a single working mom who wasn't, you know, really into the whole homemaking thing, Mm -hmm. but my grandma was. And then when I, and so we'd stay at my grandma, my sister and I, um, while my mom was going to school and while she was um, working and holidays and just whatever. So that was like our second home, even though it was a ways away. But my grandma would take me to visit her elderly friends who were actually older than she was. I mean, I think now they must have been in their 90s. And I was probably that kind of precocious four-year-old who would just walk up to them and talk to them. And, you know, they would just light up because <laughs> maybe they, ha- they hadn't seen a four-year-old in who knows how long, you know, but those memories are really emblazoned in my brain. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is an amazing experience, the, the elderly and, and the very young. Yeah. It is. And I remember somewhat similar. My parents had several older individuals in their lives that were, um, one of them was unmarried and she'd spent her whole life that way. And she had a best friend who was a widow and they would do all kinds of things together. In fact, someday I want to write a book series just based on these two older ladies who were in their seventies and they just, they globetrotted. Right. But right. They and that's loved- what- yeah, go yeah. ahead. My mom was like that too. She, after she retired from being a teacher, she traveled, I, I want to say practically every country, I, that's an wow. exaggeration, but uh, every continent and she went into Russia and China. Mm-hmm. And she had this one friend that traveled with her who lives in Boston and they, she was a retired doctor and my mom just passed away in May mm-hmm. and the doctor, her name was Naomi. We talked on the phone for a long time and then she died the next month uh-huh. and I just think uh, there are stories too that I, I feel like you do I would love and my mom used to say to me you got to tell these these shipboard stories and this and that and yeah. at the time I was really busy but it's, it's still in the back of my mind too that's interesting that you maybe we should collaborate <laughs> I didn't say this could be a good collaboration because it's interesting because um the two ladies in my life they they also died just a few months apart so sometimes you wonder if that's a kinship that just you know it was I know. Yeah. Cause <laughs> when I was talking to my mom's friend, she was just sobbing on the phone <sighs> over the loss of my mom. And then the, it just felt like the next thing I knew her daughter wrote me and said, you know, Naomi is passed too. So, oh, wow. You know, and I don't discount that sometimes the human spirit does bond that deeply. Um, and cause I you, agree. you see that with spouses too, but you don't hear about it as much with friendship. And I think it, it can be just as real. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's talk Christmas. Okay.
Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. All right, I am back here with Melanie Carlson, and we are talking about her Christmas novella, A Quilt for Christmas. We've been talking about relationships um, of the aged and the young and all that goes with it. And now I want to talk Christmas. What's your favorite part about Christmas? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, well, I kind of mentioned how I grew up with a single mom. Uh, as a child, then we'd go to my grandma's house for Christmas. And that this was this Victorian sweet house. And she'd have all the family there. I mean, we would just be sleeping all over the place. She had a special, which called the barn where my mom and sister and I slept. And it was just so fun, that whole family gathering. And so I tried to incorporate that into our Christmases, you know, when I had my own family and children and would invite everybody over. And so to me, it was really about the gathering and the people and all of that. But I also love decorating and um, just the food, I, the whole, I love the old fashioned Christmas, but I have yeah. to admit as as years have gone by and kids have grown up and people have moved away, it, it's, it's felt more sparse. And that's where I've tried to invite neighbors and friends and, and make them, you know, our new extended family, which, oh yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of different, but fun. Yeah, it is. It's always different when you start new traditions last year for Thanksgiving, my mom had passed away. And two days later, one of my close friends, husband, um, he passed away from cancer and she and her son didn't really have plans for Thanksgiving and neither did we. So I said, you know what, let's start a new tradition. And so my widowed father was there, my widowed best friend and her son, who's my son's age. And it was, it was kind of a, a motley crew that we'd never thought would ever get together, but it sure made for a, a fun new tradition. And, you know, that is really like this book, a quilt for Christmas. I, you know, it's like these lives were quilted together, kind of like a mm. crazy quilt because they were all from completely different walks and places and times in life. And, and I, I guess if anything, I, I hope readers will be inspired to think, okay, maybe I could patch somebody else into my, you know, or maybe I could be patched into someone else's, you know, life in Christmas. And, mm -hmm. and it, and it makes, it makes for a beautiful, maybe it's a motley gathering, like a crazy quilt, but it, I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, and sometimes I've gone to those craft shows and to me, the prettiest quilts are not the ones that are necessarily the most intricately detailed, but they're the ones that somebody just took a shirt from grandpa, a shirt from grandma and patched them all together. And they're just cool. They're like memories, like a memory quilt. Exactly. I, I happen to live in a town that has the largest outdoor quilt show in the world oh, wow. <laughs> and it's a tiny it's a tiny town I mean we don't even have a stoplight in this town but yeah. um we have this is sister's quilt show and they they drape quilts from one end of the town to the next and down every street it's like I don't know thousands I don't even know how many quilts and oh, thousands of people come here it's, it's just crazy but the same thing I will walk along and I'll, I'll see you know all these really you know must have taken a lot of time to do and then there'll be one that'll just hit me that's just sort of funky and colorful and mm -hmm. yeah I like those yeah. yeah I love it well and I love how you've um 
parallel the concept of a quilt and then the patchwork of people that come and go into our lives. And I do think that God really does have a hand in doing that because I know when I look back at my life, there's people who have been patched into it, so to speak, that I would not have necessarily chosen or sought out, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And that is, that's really like this story because these four women would have never come together except for the little girl whose mom is sick that, that goes and grabs Vera when she discovers that Vera is this amazing quilter. She, she's like, my mama needs a quilt. You know, my mama wants a quilt. She loves quilts. And so she sort of drags Vera into this whole, we got to have a quilting club. And, and that's how these women who never knew each other before sort of come miraculously together even though it's a little bit awkward but yeah and I I I I love it when life is like that I do too I do too and I think God smiles when he sees that come together too (laughs) yeah I think he's behind it (laughs) 100% no question there awesome well this has been a lot of fun um how do our readers find this novella how do they find out more about you and all the other prolific genres you've written in well, the novellas should be available at, at bookstores and online stores. Um, and at christianbook.com is actually, they have a special um, offer on it, which features an additional bonus chapter. Oh. So if you, if you get it through them, I, and they've got a promotion going on, you also get the bonus chapter, which I think is kind of fun. We've been doing that the last few years. But the book is complete even without the bonus chapter. So you can really get it anywhere. And and I, uh, you can find me on MelodyCarlson.com and sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to be having some pretty good contests for this book and some baskets and things to go with it. So that'll be through my newsletter. So. Okay. So we definitely need to go to your website and sign up for your newsletter then. Yes. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would like our readers to know before we sign off for the day? Oh, one more thing. I've I've been dabbling into movies and my um, novella, not novella, a novel called The Happy Camper, which was out a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. is going to be on it. I scripted it and Brian Bird, who is the producer of a lot of Hallmark movies, um, Mm -hmm. When Calls the Heart is his. But anyway, um, it's going to be on Up TV in October. I don't know the actual date yet. I just know it's October. Oh, that's so, so exciting. that's going to be fun. Yeah. I love yeah. that. It seems like more and more books are getting, are getting made for that channel. And um, I think Pure Flix too, like Up TV and Pure Flix. And it, it's exciting to see. I love that. Yeah. And I've got some things with Pure Flix too. And okay. so yeah, it's things are starting to happen that are awesome. kind of fun. Yeah. All right. And is the movie going to be called The Happy Camper? Like the book? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's The Happy Camper. Yep. Awesome. A happy camper and up TV coming in October. We will definitely have to check that out. Awesome. Well, Melody, thank you so much for celebrating Christmas early with us and reminding us to reach out to other people who might need some tender, loving care this holiday season. And we look forward to having you on again with your next release. Thank you. All right. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.